Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Heisong, coming at you live from Snedesbury, North Carolina. Joined with me, as always, out in beautiful Boise, Idaho, we've got Dustin. Dustin, how you living, sir? It's cold here. It's cold, Allie. Uh, I know something you're not a fan of. Uh, it's about 25 degrees here. Not, not warm. But you know what I'm looking forward to? 70 and sunny California for Rams-Browns. Uh, I think you're going to be in Arizona, so you're going to get some warmth as well. Um, it's not fun. I'm starting to think like I want to live seasonal, right? When it's cold, I get to go somewhere warm. I know that sounds interesting, but you know, people get to live that way. Uh, but no, Ali, I'm doing good. I'm finally over the Browns, the loss of the Broncos. Uh, that took a day or two, but uh, I'm glad that you know that Miles Garrett's going to play this week with one arm, uh, just because that's what Miles Garrett does. Um, and everybody likes to. I just the fan base for the Browns. I'm just going to get it out there. Just they're ready to jump off a cliff at a moment's notice. Yeah. Like, I just want to say, hey, can I get you a glass of Lorello? Can I get you some Cleveland <laughs> whiskey to settle you down? Because it's like they're just ready to, like, oh, season's over. We're done. Yeah. That's it. And I'm like, we're the sixth seed today. Calm down, people. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. Right. There are certainly worse places to be than seven and four. Now, if I were to tell you the beginning of the season, Dustin, that you're going to lose your your starting tackle, your starting quarterback, the best player <laughs> on the roster in Nick Chubb, you're going to have a beat up Miles Garrett, and you're just going to be decimated with injuries just all over the field. You're going to have several players. You're going to have yeah. more than 10 plus players off, you know, that you consider starters <sighs> off of the roster by this point in the season. And I said, hey, but you're seven and four. You would probably do a legitimate cartwheel right then and there on the spot. I, I'd be I like, there's would. no way. There's no way. There's yeah, no way. way. So I, I think that you're right. It takes some time to come down from a loss. Just as much as it. we say every week when we go through a win, we're going to celebrate Victory Monday or the Victory Week all the way until kickoff of the following game. With a loss, it's very similar <laughs> in that same, that same essence, if you will. Right? It's going to take some time to kind of take a breather, chill out, have a level head because everybody and including us you know you're upset over a loss and rightfully so but the Cleveland Browns they're seven and four it could certainly be worse now it could certainly be better but they still kind of control their own destiny if they want to make the playoffs they have every opportunity yeah. to do so so well, we'll talk about it uh yeah. it's it's hard coming off of a loss but look you can rebound you can regroup and you have you know you're going into Los Angeles and it's I, I don't love the matchup. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to start with that. I'm not going to say that I'm I'm super, super optimistic. But it, you're not going up against the Eagles. You know, you're not going up against the hot Detroit team. You're not going up against the hot uh, Kansas City team. You know, you, right. you're, you're okay. This is okay. Well, here's the thing. It's a winnable game, right? Um, it's definitely a winnable game. It's, I mean, I think we're three and a half point underdogs, which I kind of like the underdog role sometimes. But here's the thing. If we go 500 down the stretch here, um, 10 and 7 gets you in the playoffs. And I know before we even started this season, 
I said, I think we're at 11 and six or 10 and seven. And that's kind of interesting. That's where we fell. And here's the truth. There are games this year that we'd love to have back the Seattle game, right? Probably could have won that one. And then you take the Colts game, probably shouldn't have won that one, but we did. So we're probably kind of where we belong. I mean, if you look at the big, the big picture, the Browns at seven and four, kind of where we thought they were going to be based on just matchups, right? Nobody said, I mean, like, yeah, we thought we were going to beat the Colts, but we didn't think we were going to beat the, the the Niners, for instance, right? Like, mm-hmm. we thought that was a definite loss, no matter who was at quarterback. So, yeah, I'll take seven and four. I feel confident going into this game. We'll get into this, but there is a quarterback that is taking some first-team reps this week uh, that's already been confirmed by multiple sources. So that kind of tells me they're preparing. And here's the truth, guys. DTR is still number one, but, again, most quarterbacks don't come out of uh, for many reasons, you don't take them out of concussion protocol until, you know, it's, they're more careful ever than ever before. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about it. We're going to get into the medical minute here in just a moment. But first, we want to tell you about our friends over at Stadium Mustard. Guys, if you don't have Stadium Mustard in your kitchen this season, frankly, you're doing it wrong. The iconic brand, the iconic taste. It's beloved from ballparks to backyards and everywhere in between. Stadium Mustard is a smooth brown mustard rich in both taste and tradition. And it's loved by millions. So be sure to head on over to stadiummustard.com. To shop now. Let's go ahead and get into the medical minute um, where we bring on Dr. David Ullery. But before we do that, a quick word uh, from our friends over at Lorello Vineyards. started Lorello Vineyards over 21 years ago. We're a small cantina nestled in the Grand River Valley in Geneva, Ohio. Our winery consists of two beautiful tasting rooms, and we have two rooms that can transform into party rooms inside. Our menu here at Lorello's is home cooking. We have wood-fired Tuscan pizzas, paninis, salads, and several appetizers. We have award-winning wines that have won medals internationally, nationally, and locally. In the summer and springtime, we have a beautiful outdoor patio that also we have live entertainment. We also have entertainment sporadically through the entire year inside during our cool fall and winter months. Additionally, outside in the uh, summer, we have a beautiful tent that can house several guests for a private function. We hope to see you soon, and if you want any more information on Lorello Vineyards, you can go to our website at www.lorellovineyards.com. We hope to see you soon. All right, there you have it. This segment, The Medical Minute with Dr. David Ullery, is brought to you by our friends over at Lorello Vineyards. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having How's me How's it going? How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Um, <laughs> going through a little recovery myself from some surgery, but I'm, I'm getting there. Everybody's hurting everybody this. Everybody's hurting. Everybody's hurting this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want everybody to know, David literally had surgery yesterday. Um, yesterday. And here he is, uh, live on the podcast tonight. So we appreciate him making the time for us and uh, doing it while he recovers. Let's go ahead and get into it. Is that Ludo? Is that Ludo barking? Yeah. yeah Just there stop. in the other room. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's start out with Miles Garrett. That's kind of the elephant in the room right now in terms of the injury news and updates this week. And it seems like, David, every single week, every time that we've had you on so far, that we have some huge thing to talk about, whether it's you know, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, now Miles Garrett. So 
It's the Wednesday injury dump. We've got Miles Garrett, um, you know, felt a pop in his shoulder, initially had an MRI, things good to go, gonna play. But then the reports today that there is going to be, or there, there is likely some damage in his shoulder. I, I'd just like to turn it over to you. Can you tell us more about what that means and, you know, really what we're looking at here in terms of a, a shoulder injury? Yeah, of course. I mean, you are right about one thing that we started this uh, segment at the right time with all these injuries popping up. I'm telling you. To talk about. <laughs> um, but so for my I don't know if that's good or I mean, bad. I don't know if that's good or bad. It, right. <laughs> it, um, it's, it's good for business, I guess. So, um, yeah, we know that Miles has kind of had lingering shoulder problems. He, <laughs> that's right, Jason. Um, questionable. Did not practice today. Uh, so, so Miles has had lingering shoulder problems. We know we always see him wearing that um, kinesiology tape on his shoulder. Um, but that, that this seems to be sort of a separate or more isolated event. There's two plays specifically that were looked at that may have caused the shoulder injury where he was definitely favoring the arm. I know, I know towards the end of the game, he came off was on the sideline for a goal line um, stand. And so, um, you know, they, they got the MRI and there was no significant structural instability in the sense that he had a dislocation or a fracture like Deshaun. Um, but he did feel a pop and he had a lot of pain afterwards and was wearing a sling and said that he couldn't even get his shirt off by himself. He needed help getting his shoulder pads shirt off and get dressed afterwards. And so not an insignificant injury. I mean, what could that mean? It could be anywhere from, you know, he has a previous AC joint injury that he sustained in a car accident last year. Um, certainly mm -hmm. that could have been re-aggravated. Um, it could be something more internal, like something Dustin's familiar with a slap tear, um, or it could be uh, something else entirely. And that's, that's hard to know for sure, especially when we can't see the MRI report itself, but they do list him as day to day. So we know that it's something that he probably can play with. It's just going to be a matter of whether he is feeling ready to go or not on game day. Now, certainly knowing him and his, you know, drive and want to be in the game, he's going to try to power through anything he can. And so if it's yeah. something that's that he can play through, he's going to play through it. So let me ask this, David, with an injury like that, where he says he heard a pop, they do an MRI, they don't hear, you know, that structurally, <clears throat> you know, he can play. How do you wrap up? How do you kind of, I guess, protect that injury from not getting more aggravated, right? Like I know, sure. you know, for someone like me, I just rest a slap tear, right? I don't go out and tackle 300 pound linemen, right? Like, so for yeah. someone like him, he's going to be in a violent game. How does he prevent from damaging, I guess, you know, damaging even more in a situation sure. like that? Yeah, I mean, to some degree there is, I mean, especially in the sport of football, there is no way to fully protect someone from that, but there are ways to um, maybe reduce injury potential and alleviate that. Certainly, as we've seen, like I said, he wears that tape and that can be helpful and just sort of, um, you know, positioning the shoulder and sort of um, putting it in the right position. There's braces that can be worn. Um, you know, we've seen um, braces on these shoulder pads um, on shoulder instability cases, which can help stabilize things in general. And then ultimately pain control, whether it's it's a Toradol shot or a cortisone shot or just something to yeah. kind of help him get him through combined with adrenaline. I mean, if it's not truly a, a instability event where the shoulder is dislocating, then um, there's not a whole lot that can be done to stabilize it because it's not unstable. Um, and it's just something that whether he can tolerate it or not is what he has to do. So similar to like what we saw with Baker Mayfield kind of wearing that protective sling that he wore during the game because he knew he was going to take some hits but to try to alleviate any uh, further damage in those situations. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think that's um, kind of a similar idea and protocol and just kind of limiting him in practice during the week like we've talked about with other players because it's a sure it doesn't have to be violent between games because he knows what he's doing right. out there on the field. Right. I mean, obviously, I don't think any of us know what the injury really is at this point. But, David, do you think that this is something that could potentially, one, require an offseason surgery? 
Uh, and two, um, this is more of a comment than it is a question. It just seems that every single year, and Dustin, I know you know this, that we're talking about Miles Garrett and the defensive, um, you know, defensive player of the year race. Something always happens. There's always some type <laughs> of hurdle or hiccup um, that, that just throws him off course. Last year, it was the car accident. Then, you know, prior, it was the, the helmet um, to Mason Rudolph. So it, it's always been something. Um, but, but David, I just want to get your perspective. Could this be something that, you know, he could maybe fix this off season? Or do you think this is something that, you know, given time rest, what have you, that, you know, maybe he can just deal with? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it certainly could go, <clears throat> excuse me, in either direction. Um, hearing a pop is definitely more indicative of something tearing, something pulling. Um, yeah. if it is truly like a slap tear, I have plenty of friends and colleagues who have that injury and they just kind of deal with it. Um, but they're also not professional athletes. And so <laughs> if he can get through it to the end of the season, um, but it's something that's still going to be present, it's a pretty quick and easy surgery to fix something like that in the off season with a relatively consistent recovery. Um, but again, that's if that is what the injury is specifically, we don't know the details of it all. And so um, it could also be a re-aggravation re of that AC joint injury. And he's not an overhead thrower. He's not a quarterback. And so that doesn't necessarily need surgery um, and could be something that he just needs um, a little bit of rest and recovery from after the season. I mean, obviously Anthony Richardson had the injury, but he's a, he's a quarterback. He needed to have surgery, right. but it, for miles Garrett playing defensive end, he just needs to get that rested and recovered. And as long as it, his pain gets reduced, then that could be something that avoids surgery, but it all depends on the true nature of the injury. And we just don't have all those details right now. Is that a, is that a surgery you do often? I, I do both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's. Talk so as I say, fortunately, I I did not need surgery for my slap tear, which I was deathly afraid I was going to have to have surgery. But you learn you shouldn't race Larry Lorello's grandchildren at uh, training camp. That's what you learn. You don't do that because they're faster than you, and they tell you they're going to beat you, and then they beat you. I hear probably shoe is important too. <laughs> uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah, tennis shoes. Good thing to wear. <laughs> Typically, uh, when you're uh, running. All right, David, let's <laughs> let's turn it over to just something that is mind blowing across the league, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh yes. Coming off, yeah. uh, you know, an, an Achilles tear, uh, first week of the season, and of course, timing is just always something that if, if he's back when the Jets say he's going to be back, that kind of lines up with the time that the Browns are going to play the Jets, <laughs> uh, which is not favorable for us. So. First off, I just want to get your perspective on the recovery. Like, this is crazy, right? This is unheard of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's truly remarkable. I mean, he's not even three months from the time of injury, from diagnosis. And to be already slated for return to practice on his 21-day window is is something, I mean, nothing quite short of a miracle. I mean, it is they are hoping, or his goal, which is very aggressive, is to be back to play for the Christmas Eve game. And that is, I mean, quite frankly, remarkable. I mean, that would put him another month out, so – we're looking at three and a half to four months from time of injury and surgery to back to gameplay. Um, that's not standard. That's not typical. And so, you know, a lot of people are asking how, how is this possible? How can this be done? I think it's a very unique situation. Um, it's, it's kind of one of one um, because we don't see a lot in someone in his injury, in his age and at his yeah. uh, potential. I mean, he's, you know, a quarterback, you know, nearing the end of his career, um, but he still has some high expectations for himself. Um, he has, one of the big advantages, obviously, for any NFL player is daily therapy. I mean, he's getting, he's seeing someone two, three times a day, whether it's for stretching and strengthening, it's for um, ultrasound, it's for all sorts of other modalities to help that tendon heal. I think one of the other things that really placed his advantage is a couple other things. So it's his non, it, it's his forward leg. So it's not his plant leg. So there's less force on it. 
and the tip, the, the particular surgery that they did in terms of repairing his tendon, rather than just repairing the tendon end to end, where you just take a bunch of soft tissue and suture it to the other soft tissue, they actually take the sutures and anchor it into his bone. And so you're not relying on just the tension between the soft tissue to heal. You're actually, this contract is strengthened by being anchored in the bone essentially. And so it definitely has a, probably what they call like a higher pullout strength, meaning if he strains it or stresses it, it's not going to re-tear necessarily. And I mean, at the end of the day, as long as he has something that allows him to plantar flex or point his toes down with that tendon of that muscle, um, he's going to do fine, especially even, even if it's a partially healed because of where he is at in his career. Now, certainly in my patient population, I mean, we don't let these guys get back to sport or their activity until six, seven, eight months after surgery. Um, but again, these are completely different circumstances. There's a lot of money on the line. And again, he's at the end of his career, so he just wants to get the most out of what he can do. Um, and so it, it truly is remarkable. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't put anything past Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we've seen him do amazing things throughout his career, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to make a recovery and play. Well, and my thought is if they're out of the race, like, you know, they're not playing for anything, yeah. is is the risk worth bringing something like that that is kind of like your franchise, right? Your guy, sure. bringing him back into the mix and risking him getting hurt if they're not playing for something. I think that's I, I, that's what. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I don't I don't think um, if there's if there's no window for them to be getting into the playoffs and have any sort of a, a postseason in this in this situation, I don't. I don't expect him to be that aggressive in that situation and maybe just wait until next year, but you never know. He may just want to get out there and play again. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Here we go from our, from our good friend, Bill, uh, David, what about re-rupture rate? <laughs> uh, yeah, he absolutely, he absolutely could re-rupture returning too soon. If it's not fully healed, like I, like I alluded to, um, you know, even if it's partially healed or a partial tear, if it's something that provides enough force for him to, you know, bend his toes down and, or his foot down and he can probably do something, but he is, I would say, even with having all of the um, increased resources available to him, therapists, oh yeah, um, everything else, he's still going to be at an increased risk for re-tearing it if he comes back too soon. And I mean, who's to say if three months is too soon? I mean, we have strong data that shows um, return to play after injuries like this is closer to six, nine, 12 months. And so yeah, he, he, he'll have to know that he's putting himself at risk when he returns. Um, but that's a personal decision and a professional decision at that point. And yeah. um, certainly don't be surprised if he plays on Christmas Eve and we see him re-injure himself before the end of the year, if he's playing full go. Yeah, that's the, that's the truth about it. We'll get you out of here on this one, David, um, just to talk about DTR briefly. Now, um, you know, the question here is, is DTR starting? What's up with him? Um, as we currently know, still in concussion protocol, uh, pretty much expecting him not to be available um, on Sunday. Unfortunately, just when quarterbacks under concussion protocol, you know, the, the turnaround time is a little bit longer. They just want to make sure that they clear everything. But David, I'll turn it over to you. Um, just, you, you know, everybody is different, right, when it comes to the concussion protocol. There is, you know, the process isn't exactly the same for everybody in terms of the recovery here with a with the concussion. We saw that hit from Baron Browning on DTR uh, in the game against Denver. Um, but I mean, you think he could be ready to go on, on Sunday? You think that's a possibility? I think anything's a possibility. Um, it is, it's really hard to predict. Every concussion is different. Every player is progressed through it differently. I mean, there's a sort of in their prescribed protocol, there's like a five-step process that they have to clear from the time of injury until they can return to play. And I mean, they gradually increase their activity level and test them if they're having symptoms again. So if they get to step three and they're having symptoms, they don't pass step pass pass step three for another 24 hours and then they retry. And so it's really, there's no um, written or set time frame for recovery. Every player, every individual play, player is different. 
And I mean, as you saw, that hit caused enough force to cause some bleeding from his mouth too. And so it wasn't um, just a simple <laughs> head hit in the turf or anything like that. I mean, the helmet was launched at an upward angle into DTR's chin, essentially. And so um, it's it's really hard to know. And there's no way to know from an outsider's perspective if he's going to make it or not, just based on the reports they're giving us. So, um, you know, there may be there's probably a pretty good chance that he will not be ready, especially if he did not practice today and he hasn't cleared. But we still have, you know, three more days until the game. So sure. um, there's still there's still a possibility he could. Um, but if not, as you guys, I'm sure, you know, going to be talking about a lot. There's someone else listed at QB2 on the depth chart right now that's ready to step yep. up and play. <laughs> let's let's get into it david thanks for joining us we appreciate it go browns thank get you well. go browns. that is dr david ullery also known as my boyfriend uh, so happy to have him <laughs> on and uh he's he's the best in the business so thanks david um but he brings up a, a really good point dustin and that's joe flacco let's that's joe flacco let's talk about this briefly b- before we bring on our next guest um he was taking uh qb1 reps today uh, in, in practice out in yep. UCLA, uh, you know, they're, they're staying out on the West coast as they, they play the Rams this upcoming Sunday. Um, yep. you know, I, I think that it, it's a good possibility that we're going to see Joe Flacco on Sunday, which to be honest with you, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like just seeing him in a Browns <laughs> sweatshirt, Joe Flacco, like it's so weird. It's so weird, but, um, I mean, uh, you I should ask, I, you I, should I, ask, you should ask Larry's opinion on Joe Flacco. It's weird. It's weird. It, it's weird. I'm oh, no, no, lie. no, 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 He has a whole nother perspective. So you all have to ask him, uh, what yeah. his perspective on Joe Flacco playing is. It's hilarious. But it's entirely uh, possible that we could see him. And I, I, I think that he still puts you in a good position to be successful, right? We talked about this matchup. Uh, and I said I wasn't optimistic about it. I, I think that the Rams are kind of getting hot at the right time, like we just saw with the Broncos. I said this last week. The Broncos are getting hot at the at the right time, wrong time for us. And I, and I feel that way about the Rams as well. Um, but I, I still think that if the Browns' defense can do what they do and keep them in the games that they have over the course of this season, you can beat anybody. Um, so I think that's entirely possible. Uh, and I think if, if Joe Flacco is a starter and he can just get in there and distribute the football, you know, that puts you in an advantageous situation. So your thoughts on potentially seeing Joe Flacco um, as QB1 on Sunday? Well, two things. First of all, uh, to David's point, I'd like to know what steps <laughs> one, two, three, and four, and five. Um, <laughs> there it <laughs> there is. It is. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's <laughs> ironic, right? That's very ironic. Um, but the... The thing that I thought was interesting is like you look at someone like Tua, how how did he get through one through five stages of like what he was dealing with? But here's what I do know about the NFL. It's a copycat league. And where I'm going with this is the one thing that the Rams don't have and McVay doesn't have on the Browns is tape on Flacco, right? No tape. And I think that's where the Browns could have a distinct advantage going into week 12 where DTR, for instance, you know, they do have tape on DTR, you know, they do know his, know his tells and they know some of his reads and stuff like that. With someone like Joe Flacco, they don't know what, uh, I mean, they know our offense, but they don't know what they're going to put in there as a package for Joe Flacco. So I think there is some advantage to that. And the reason I bring this up is if you notice Josh Dobbs played really good football for a couple of weeks in Minnesota and then the film's out, right? And now look, they're kind of figuring out Josh Dobbs, right? Like he's getting picked off and stuff. So it's it's all about study and film in the National Football League. So from a perspective for just this week, I do think the Browns have an advantage in the quarterback room just because our opponent doesn't have any tape and hasn't had any tape until last year with the Jets, right? I mean, yeah. there's no tape. There's no tape. 
So I think that gives us a little bit of a perspective. At least yeah. I think that does in that, in that sure. aspect. Sure. Guys, if you're wondering what you should have for dinner, the answer for you is Angela's Pizza. Head on over to Lakewood, get your hands on the best pizza in all of Northeast Ohio. They do it right. They start out with a buttery crust. They do double layer toppings. It's great in the restaurant at home and even just as great the following day. Be sure to head on over to Angela's today. Um, we are going to bring on our next guest. And before we do so, a quick word from our friends over at Circle K. This interview, this upcoming interview, is brought to you by our friends at Circle K. Fans, get ready for a sizzling sensation that's about to heat up your taste buds. Circle K is bringing you a hot deal this football season. Introducing Circle K's Hot Chicken Wings. And the best part, the price is as hot as the wings themselves. Pick up six wings for just $5.99 at your local Circle K today. So what are you waiting for? Gather your friends, your family, and anyone else who craves the ultimate wing experience. Circle K, where every deal is hotter than ever before. Here we go, bro. Brownies, only at Circle K. Let's bring her on, the Browns fan of the year. We've got Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, how are you? Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited to sit down with you. Start off by just, just telling us about this process and what it's been like to be, you know, just so involved with the Cleveland Browns and how they've treated you. And of course, in, during such a fun season so far, I know that we've, we've, it's been an injury-prone season. We've had some adversity, but, you know, there's still some optimism. There's a lot of hope. Talk to us about what it's been like. Um, this has been like an out-of-body experience for me. This is unbelievable. Um, I've been a Browns fan my whole life, born and raised. It's been in my blood forever. My dad was a season ticket holder when they were the Rams. Paul Brown took him around the stadium and showed him seats when he picked out his seats. Um it's like my dad is smiling from heaven at his crazy daughter's initiative. <laughs> um, this is like a dream come true, and it's a bright spot for me and my whole family. Um, the Browns facility has been amazing. The whole experience was a surprise to me when I went to pick up some posters from them. I had <laughs> that this was going to happen, and it's just amazing. Everybody's been very kind, very patient, um, just Awesome. I can't say anything better about it. And it's, it truly is a, a, it's a lifetime experience. I just still can't believe this is happening to me. And I get to go to a Super Bowl, which I never. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, Kathy, when I first saw, you know, that you got it and just your story uh, just was so uh, heartwarming to me that uh, through some troubled times, you did multiple jobs just to keep the season tickets in your family, right? And keep them in your name and keep that family tradition. Because Allie knows this. She is a Browns fan because of her father, right? And so she, you know, you guys are from the same loin in that situation. But, uh, I mean, you know, tell us, you know, walk us through that, you know, like as your childhood, right? Like obviously from being a kid to your dad, like you said, with the Cleveland Rams, which is crazy to think we're going to go play the Rams this weekend, right? Um, to, to former, uh, you know, current and former team of the, the city. But just tell us what that was like, your childhood, what you've done. And tell us a little bit about your experience, because I know you got to meet Joel Petonio. He was just hanging out in the in the in the in the equipment room there. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's Joel Petonio. They're right there sitting there, but just kind of like what that experience was and just, you know, and maybe share with, you know, cause we are a show for the fans by the fans. That's why we were so excited to have you on Kathy, but maybe share with us your maybe one or top two moments as a fan. Right. And it can go back now or to current, but what are those moments that kind of just stick out? Is it with your dad or that moment that was so amazing for you or has been amazing for you as a fan? 
Well, I'm the youngest of four girls, so any time with my dad was special. And at the age of seven, we would go to games. I had no clue what I was doing. I just wanted time with my dad. So I got hooked. Same program. We went to the same program stand every week by the same program. He would bring homemade pork chops from my mom and coffee with a little bit of bourbon in there um, to warm up his friends. But we sat with the same people all the time. We were family. Nobody sold their tickets to somebody else. Right. We were all there together. And I remember my dad passed away in February. And so I didn't see those people again till the following season. So it was like my dad dying all over again. Like I had For to sure. tell the program man, you know, where's your dad? Well, this happened and all the people around us. So, and then when the, when we were leaving the stadium, I actually am sitting in my dad's seats and we wrote on that my dad's seats, these are my dad's seats for 46 years. I want these seats. And Joe Tom, John Thomas, um, he was big dog at the time. Yeah. He, he, in, he introduced me to who I would have to speak to, to get yeah. my dad's seats. That's the awesome. Reason, the reason I took the part-time job was no one else was going to sit in my dad's seats. Those were our <sighs> seats. That was my family seats. And I just needed that tradition to continue. And fortunately, my kids and my grandkids all love the Browns and win or lose, we're there because that's, we need to be there. If that, I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, no okay. it does. That That's perfect. And I, and I can relate to it so much. It's hard not to, to almost get emotional talking about this because, you know, uh, growing up, the, the reason that I'm a Browns fan is because, you know, first off, I was, was born and raised in the area. Of course, I don't live there any longer, but um, just watching those games with my dad. Now we didn't have season tickets and I, I actually didn't get to go to a Browns game until uh, I was an adult. And my first ever Browns game was with my mom and dad. And it, it was so much fun. And, and just not just my dad, but my mom, my dad, my grandparents and what, what that was like for us as a family. And it still is. It's such a part of who we are, our family dynamic. And I'm so excited to pass that on to my family one day. Talk to us about, you know, with, with your family now and how how are Sundays? How do you go about game day with your family? What's it like now? Well, we have four tickets. And like my daughter once said, we don't have Sunday dinners. We have <laughs> Sunday football games. That's the tradition we've always we've always done. And now my daughter lives in Dayton. My son lives in Kentucky with his wife. My daughter yep. lives in Dayton with her family. And they come in as often as they can because we do have four tickets. So um, it's time together. It's just what we do. I mean, now we ride the RTA because parking is so astronomical sure. down there. Yeah. And we could still bring some snacks, but they're limited as to what in sure. those bags. But um, it's still time together and memories. It's great. I just love it. Well, and I was going to say, Brian, we've gotten to know Brian Clifton. He is the Greater Cincinnati Browns Backers president. And he just goes, hey, by the way, I see you're going to have Kathy on tonight. Uh, he's one of our members of the Browns backers down here, uh, down in uh, Cincinnati. So I thought that's kind of how, how, how big of a big world, small world it is that we actually, you know, your son knew him through the, the channels that we go down there and, and chat with those guys. But yeah, um, you're right. It is kind of, it is crazy. We're there if they're 0 and 16, we're there if they're 11 and six or seven or whatever it is. Um, it's just, it's, it's a tradition, right? And I always tell people they can't under really understand it unless you're a Browns fan. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, unless you are a Browns fan, you can't, you can't really mentally understand it because it really is like, we wear it as a badge of courage. And Kathy, you've probably done this. I know Allie's done this. You'll be going through and 
uh, an airport, a mall, and you'll see somebody wearing a Browns thing and they'll see you and you yeah. kind of give them like, yeah, like yeah. it's like, like, it's like, we're like, it, it's like we're family, like, yeah, even family. though you, like, it's like, it's, it can be a perfect stranger, but all of a sudden you're having a conversation with like, oh my gosh, did you see that? Oh yeah, it's crazy. And I don't think there's many other fan bases like that and that I know of, and I live out West and I don't, it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's just, there's not that kind of family kind of tradition. Like you said, that really you pass it down. And here's the other thing. If you ask other fan bases specifically about this, and I know this, Allie, you've gotten it from your dad and your grandfather telling the history of the Browns. This, this, this team is all about, you know, you have to know who Jim Brown is. You have to know who uh, Otto Graham and Paul Brown. Like you get educated, even if you don't want to, on the history of the entire Cleveland Browns. It's what it's kind of a pride thing. Like, well, we got to tell you why I am a Browns fan, and this is why is what I've learned, and that's what how like why I became fascinated. I'm like, wow, this team has got such a story history. So. Kathy, talk to us. You know, we are we're going to. Dustin and I will actually be out in Los Angeles uh, for the game upcoming. And outside of the obvious, right, we're all rooting for a win. You know, we, we've challenged some adversity this season. DTR goes out last week with a concussion. We're not sure about his status on Sunday. What are you looking forward to the most on Sunday? Who are you looking forward to seeing the most out there? A win. <laughs> a win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I the, the, the Flacco thing – I I'm I don't know like like you said in a Browns uniform yeah I'm not so weird. <laughs> it's weird puts on a Browns uniform and he wins for us I think I could jump forward yeah. um yeah. it's just gonna that's gonna seem strange um I don't I don't know it's uh, just a win and I can't believe like we've lost Chubbs and Miles Garrett oh and, yeah you know it's like those those were our our base our foundation yeah. for our good guys we the still heartbeat of this. We still have Joe Petonio, which is good. And by the way, to meet him was amazing. I think if I had one more time, he was going to say, "Would you get this lady off of me?" <laughs> I just couldn't believe I was. You just want you just you just wanted to adopt him and make him one of your sons. I would too. You know, I get it. I don't know. I think I could feed him, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know what I think. A win is what I would. Hope a win for. and no injuries, right? Everybody yes. stay safe, stay healthy, so and we can go get a win. And some of those injuries were nasty. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I've never been a Pittsburgh fan. Sorry about that, but never. And <laughs> that Dubs hurt there was kind of like a double whammy. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and this last week, I don't that that hit was off was awful to our quarterback. It was a little, it was a little questionable. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, I, I, you just hate to see it. So hopefully, everybody can go out, stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, come away with a win. But Kathy, I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else more deserving than you. Just in the the five to ten minutes that we've been able to speak with you um, on the on the podcast tonight, we we've appreciated your time. But there is nobody more deserving. Just hearing your story, it has touched me. It has moved me, and uh, I'm so glad that you are the Browns fan of the year. And okay. Kathy, real quick, how do people vote for you? Oh. Where do they go? Yeah, how, yes. If you if can let just, our listeners, if they just go to NFL Fan of the Year, um, okay. It'll all of the 32 of us that are running sure. for yep. the fan of the year. Um, and th there's a link there to vote. And actually, okay. 
has made created business cards for me that I hand out everywhere I go oh, for I people love it. to vote for me. And that it also tells the story, my story as well. But yeah, the NFL Fan of the Year, the website um, for the NFL. And then if you go to the Browns link, it'll tell yeah. you. But that's awesome. Thank you, Reverend. Okay. Well, well, we'll put a we'll put a link out on our page uh, for everybody to go vote for you. Um, everybody, I don't think anybody could be more deserving than you, Kathy. Like you said, this is this has been part of your family for decades. Um, and you know what? Here's the ironic part. Your dad started as a Cleveland Rams fan. Let's get a win for your dad this Sunday. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks yes, for coming on, Kathy. Kathy. Thank you. Oh, Appreciate thank you. it. Of course. Hey, go, go Browns. Browns. Go, go Browns. Browns. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. That is Kathy, uh, the NFL fan of the year. Uh, we will put on our page how you can vote for her. So we we really encourage you to uh, to go do that. Uh, she's great. We we appreciate having I, her on. Dustin. I just I just learned something that made me a little teary eyed there that yeah. when the team was moving, she wrote on her dad's seats because she wanted the physical seats from the old municipal stadium. Mm -hmm. By the way, me and Ray are negotiating some old municipal stadium seats because I want some of those things and I'm trying to get them out to Idaho. But uh, it's cool that she wanted her dad's seats and then took a second, yeah. second and third job just to make sure she could keep those seats because. I'm a season ticket holder. They're not cheap. They're not cheap to be a season ticket holder. Um, no. And and for her to keep those. And I had no idea her dad was a Rams fan. I mean, like a Cleveland Rams. Like that goes way back. Like we're yep. talking pre-46. pre, pre 46, So that's pretty cool. So Yeah, that's really cool. Dustin, um, why don't you tell our listeners about the Barley House? Well, guys, as the Browns are going to be away this weekend, and if you can't join us out in L.A., uh, join us over at the Barley House on West 6th in downtown Cleveland there. Uh, by the way, if you go join us on Instagram and follow them as well, we'll be giving away a $30 gift card to their establishment every single week, guys. So go check them out. Uh, great place to go. Uh, bottle service, enjoy dinner, uh, go out with your friends, girlfriends, family, but just a great environment to go just have fun. It's very lively. And just like it says, you know, stay long, you know, laugh often, talk much. It's fun. So. There you go. There you have it. Okay, let's turn it over to the matchup. Um, we're going to break down the matchup against the Los Angeles Rams and your Cleveland Browns coming up in just a moment. Um, this segment is brought to you by our friends over at Cleveland Furniture Company. Guys, if you like saving money, I know we all do. I know we all do. As we approach the holidays, head on over to the Cleveland Furniture Company. They buy in bulk direct from the factory so they can save you money. Um, you need a new couch, new recliner, new bed. They've got it all. Be sure to head on over to any of their locations uh, in Northeast Ohio. And that is the Cleveland Furniture Company. In this segment, the, the matchup is brought to you from the couch, Cleveland Furniture Company. From the couch is brought to you by the Cleveland Furniture Company. All right, let's get into it. The Los Angeles Rams, they are currently five and six on the season. They are third in the NFC West. And as I mentioned, they are hitting their stride, unfortunately, at the right time. It falls right in line with when the Browns have to go out to Los Angeles and play them. Um, you've got Matt Stafford, who is back, playing some pretty good football. Um, you've got, uh, they've got Kyron Williams back. And this is a much better team when Kyron Williams is carrying the football. So now that they have him back out of an injury, you know, they're, they're certainly a more dynamic and explosive offense. We already know who Cooper Cup is. Um, Puka Nakua, who's, who's been uh, hot so far this year. We know who he, who he is. Tutu Atwell, the speedy receiver. I mean, they've got some dupes, period, point blank. Um, their offensive line, not too impressed with that overall, but they've got some really good skill position players. And again, they're hitting their stride, unfortunately, at the right time for them. Defensively, however, outside of Aaron Donald, 
Uh, I don't think they are all that good um, at all, actually. Aaron Donald is, is the name that you'll recognize on the uh, interior of that defensive line. Outside of that, you've got a lot of guys that can do jobs well, but nobody that I would consider elite. So I want to turn it over to you, Dustin, to talk about this matchup, what you're looking forward to most, and how you think that the Browns can come away with a win on Sunday. Well, I think we have to play to our strengths. And we talked about this. The Steelers game wasn't pretty, but we played to our strength, right? We 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 reduced the times of possession, and we made it a defensive type of game. I think we have to do that with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup in this football game. And we just, A, eliminate the turnovers. I'm tired of the turnovers with the Cleveland Browns. I'm just, it makes me sick at my stomach. If you can play in a clean, if you can actually play a clean football game and let your defense kind of have their way to your point you're not afraid of that offensive line let our defensive front kind of win that kind of trench game on sunday then you have a chance right you know make stafford uncomfortable make him make some poor decisions and let your defense really kind of do what they did and and by the way run the ball i mean i know this sounds like a, a broken record but run the ball establishes and especially if Joe Flacco is going to be playing in this football game I think you're going to see a lot of dinking and dunking passes you're not going to see now he does still have a strong arm you may see him launch it a few times just to kind of get the keep the defense honest but I think you can just play just you don't have to play great just good football and I think you'll be in this uh, game near the end I just think you will be I think uh, I think the three and a half points is a little too much for the Rams I think it's going to be closer to a one or two point kind of game here. I think it's going to be close, but I do think the Browns can win this, but they just have to play, you know, again, we saw this last week with the penalties. They didn't have them against the Steelers. And then they came out like the, like everywhere during that Denver game, just play clean football. And I think you'll be fine. Just play. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but just play a clean game and you should be all right. Which, unfortunately, the Browns haven't been able to do. And consistently. 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 You know, they've had games where they, they they play more clean and disciplined, but they, they haven't been able to really string that together. We said at the last, um, the last part of last week's um, episode, or on Sunday, rather, that, you know, the one thing that the Browns are good at is – is regrouping after a loss. They do a really good yes. job of, of rebounding and, and coming in with a, a, an established game plan. Now, yeah. that's really hard to do when you don't know who is going to be the quarterback. Um, I did just see a, a comment in here. Um, do we think that Flacco is a go for the Rams? Entirely depends on DTR status. Um, I don't know if you missed David's segment in the first with the medical minute, excuse me, the medical minute, the first part of the show, um, where he said, you know, unfortunately, everybody's concussion protocol um, is entirely different. So it's really hard to tell. We don't know. Um, but I would say if there's any indication that DTR is not good to go, you will 100% see the Flacco. So I, I, personally, I would just expect to see Flacco. Yeah. Um, but I want to roll through this. Just th- this is kind of crazy. Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Gardner Minshew, Gino. Uh, Clayton Toon, Lamar again, and Kenny Pickett again, and then Russ. All of those guys that I just mentioned, outside of Ryan Tannehill and maybe a little bit of Brock Purdy, uh, are mobile quarterbacks. And that uh. is the quarterbacks that your Cleveland Browns have played so far this season. Now, going up against Matt Stafford, he is not going to be mobile <laughs> in any stretch of the imagination. That's not right. who he is. We can expect Pocket that. So if, the Browns, if the Browns can generate pressure, and we know that they can, we know that they can get after the quarterback consistently, often, and quickly, honestly, they they generate um, you know a lot of pressure really to to start 
uh, their defensive possessions here, but um, to get after the quarterback, if they can get after, if they can get after Matthew Stafford and cause a turnover, I think that puts them in a much better position otherwise. Um, again, we know as fans, we know we hate to admit it, this is a limited offense. This is a limited limited offense and it's not going to be what we thought it was going into the season with Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson it's, it's just not period point blank um, but this is a very very good defense so to put kind of all of your eggs in one basket and say hey defense go get us a win this week is really what has to happen um, is Ward out this week uh, it is not indicated yes uh, it's not indicated yet whether or not he will be uh, available um, it's possible that he could be out several weeks but we don't know just yet so uh, I think it's really important for the defense to have a good game, generate a turnover or two. That's going to put you in a much better position uh, because we know that this is a very limited offense. Yeah, and here's the thing. If I'm the Browns and I'm on defense, and and, and they have so far this year, most of the time, uh, stay true to who they are, right? Um, if you're Matt Stafford, you know he's going to Cooper Cup. So if you can keep you know good defense on Cooper, and you're right, he's not going to leave the pocket. So you don't have to have kind of a – you don't really have to have a spy on – Matt Stafford as much as you would a Lamar Jackson or someone like that, right? That's going to go bounce and take off on you. So you're right. If, if we can just make him uncomfortable really more than anything and not yeah. let him get, and cause that's what you don't want is I feel personally what we did a really bad job at in the Denver game is we let Russ cook. We let Russ get comfortable in that game <laughs> and let him just start throwing and passing. And, and I mean, he was in a rhythm, right? Like he was, and with a veteran quarterback like Stafford, you can't allow him to do that, right? Like you can't allow him to get comfortable with Cooper Cup and get those extra times on possessions and, and mm -hmm. extra seconds behind the center because he will sit back there and destroy you if he's got the time. And so you have to limit those uh, type of situations and put a lot of pressure on him to make him uncomfortable because if not, mm -hmm. he will find people, you know, that he's very comfortable throwing to because, I mean, Remember, this is a team that played in the Super Bowl and won right. one. Um, so it's not like they can't play good football. And like you said, they're starting to get their stride. Unfortunately, we're playing these guys <laughs> when these teams are getting their stride. I like to start playing some teams when they're not getting their stride. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about this. I know we talked about some of the trick plays last week and ultimately no how that no cost more. us the game. <laughs> um, I, and we've been vocal about this, right? Uh, I think that Kevin has like he has it somewhere within him where he has to run a little bit of trickery um which is fine but i think again he is using the wrong players to do so to roll out there with pierre strong and elijah moore that's not the players that they are so i i actually want to talk about this a little bit because i have a concern and i've actually had this the entire season um but i think we're starting to see it a little bit more now uh, is the, the receiving game, especially because we don't know the status of Amari Cooper going into this game. Uh, we're hopeful that he'll be able to play. Um, the x-ray showed that he did not have any broken ribs, thankfully. Um, but, right. of course, still beat up. Um, right. But the, the, the receivers, yeah. the receivers, I, I don't think that they're doing – I don't necessarily think they're doing a bad job. I just think that they could do, be doing better. And what I mean by that is the drops are consistent every game. The turnovers from the receivers are consistent almost every game. Elijah Moore constantly, you know, putting the ball on the ground. Um, and I'm going to say, when I say receivers, I mean all pass catchers, tight ends, um, receivers, but especially the receivers. I, I, I want to talk about even just their inability to create a ton of separation, um, the route running. I, I'm just overall not impressed with this receiving group. And I want to ask you, 
um, because this has been an issue, I think, for a few years now. At what point do we say, hey, this is on Chad O'Shea? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, right? I mean, here's the thing. So, and, and I, I guess we're all pumped the brakes a little bit, is you've gotten three quarterbacks now, potentially four, which is crazy to think this season, um, that will be under center for the Cleveland Browns. But there was a lot made of DTR throws a, a harder ball than Deshaun Watson did. And there was a video that Najoku sent to Kevin Stefanski showing him catching from, uh, what do they call that thing? A jug machine. A jug machine where he turned it up more so he could kind of get in rhythm with him. So I don't know if it's more of you're just throwing different guys out there. And, and we know this, rhythm and timing is very important in the National Football League. and Or is it more of just its own illness because of the quarterback position? And I think there's a little bit of that going on because you have these receivers, and I think why there's a little bit of that illness going on is because you have DTR coming this football game, and he has great timing with Tillman, who we haven't seen all year. Well, who does DTR have great timing with? <laughs> Tillman, all preseason, right? He knows his timing, right? So I think a little bit of this may be just – Insert quarterback A, B, C, D. Man, I've 100%. only had X. Yeah, yes, I've only course. I've only had X amount of reps with this guy, and I don't mm -hmm. think so. If we get a guy for the rest of the season that consistently plays with these guys, and then the the drops continue to happen with a quarterback that's in there three or four games in a row, then I'm going. Yeah, this is on chat. You know, this is you're you're not developing these guys into the players that they mm -hmm. should be because I just think right now you're throwing these wide receivers out there like well. Who the hell is going to be throwing it to me this week, right? It's been kind of one like dominoes out there, like who goes in and who goes out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think you are seeing inconsistent quarter or uh, receiver play. But I also think you're also throwing wrinkles in there, like you said, with these reverses and these trick plays that I don't think are helping the receivers either, right? I don't think that's helping these guys get comfortable and acclimated with their quarterback as well. Well, and so. on that same on that same note, though, you know, you've got a rookie quarterback out there in, in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and we're, we're talking about building confidence. These drops are not helping that of DTR. Sure. I mean, it's it's just, like I said, I don't think that, that I'm not saying Elijah is bad. I'm not saying Amari, any of these players are bad. I just think that they could be doing better. Um, so sure. I think that we have to kind of look at the root of the problem, and I certainly agree with you in the sense that, you know, having a rotational quarterback is not the answer. Um, right. Like Robert said, we've had Reggie Langhorn on the show it doesn't matter who's throwing you the ball. You know, if it hits your hands, catch the ball, especially the, <laughs> the, the non-contested throws. Um, so I, I, I just want to kind of bring it to light a little bit here. I think this is something that we should continue to take a look at and talk about as the season continues, yeah. because I think it is a little bit of a problem. And I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people have issues with Kevin Stefanski. We've been critical of him on this podcast as well. Um, I, I think that, he is a good leader. Um, I think that he is, uh, you know, he's handled a ton of adversity. He's had to step up and, and do some things he probably never dreamt that he would have to. Uh, but in terms of, of play calling, you can't really question the fact that, you know, scheme is good. Sometimes the sequence of his play calls aren't. Um, but I think really yeah. what's going to be do or die for Kevin Stefanski is his ability or inability to fire uh, or hire the correct uh, position coaches. We saw yeah. last year he was able to make the hard decision and get rid of Joe Woods, who was a friend of his. Um, he did the right thing in doing so. And now look at this defense. I think that yeah, this offseason, you really need to evaluate 
um, the, the position coaches and, and make sure that you've got the right guys uh, in the right situation because you know you lose your quarterbacks coach. He's now the offensive coordinator in Arizona. They did not replace him. Um, right. uh, AVP Alex Van Pellet is now the quarterbacks coach. Like like that's not a, a natural transition. I mean it sure, is sure. AVP's done it, but like you don't you know you, there was some movement there and they didn't go out and replace that. So I think that. Um, you really got to take a look at his ability to make the right hires uh, at the position coach's level. Well, you, you bring up a really good point because you can look at two other positions on this football team where I can say, look at this position coach, Stump, right, with the running back room. I mean, he loses his number one asset in, and guess who's the leading rusher in the AFC North? It's our guy, right, among all the other running backs, right, because right. Stump is a really good running backs coach. Callahan, you lose right. your right tackle. You have to bring in, you know, Jed goes out. It's Callahan getting these guys coached up to not miss a beat and insert A into B, right? Like, like to me, I can look at those two position coaches and go, yeah, those guys are rock solid. Don't touch them, right? Stump and Callahan know what they're doing. They've been doing this a long time, and they got their running backs ready to go, and they got their offensive linemen ready to go. So you're right. At some point, if that – type of stuff continues you do have to make those tough choices and that's why you're the head coach right like if you're the boss of your company you have to fire people you sometimes have to let your best friend go or someone that you know is just not the right fit with this defense because man look mm -hmm. you look at Schwartz we added a couple extra players this year but it's like night and day what the defense looks like out there compared to last year so it's it's very yeah. interesting. I mean, even to even to this point, I don't see any communication on the sideline, but still blame Stefanski for not laying fires under the offense. One hundred percent, like the 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 success or lack thereof uh, on offense, actually of the entire team, lives and dies with Kevin Stefanski. So it is on him. Yeah. And you know, I, I think he's making a, a really good case for an extension this year. And again, I know a lot of fans don't agree with him and some of the the things he does, especially the the sequence of play callings, but. Yeah, you know, we can't deny that he is a good leader. The way that he's handled adversity has been remarkable. Um, but he has to be a CEO and making those those tough tough choices. Uh, real quick, uh, before we turn it over to our next segment, a quick word from our friends over at K&D. Whether it's sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs, or senior housing, K&D, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio, they have the perfect home for everyone. K&D is your one-stop shop for housing in the region with apartments and amenities for everyone, including residential, commercial, retail, and also corporate housing. Find your dream home at KND. Visit KND.com to get started. That is the letter K, the word and the letter D.com. And real quick, Dustin, why don't you tell our listeners about Cleveland Whiskey? So, guys, if you haven't had Cleveland Whiskey, go check it out. They have their uh, spiced uh, Christmas whiskey out now. Go to ClevelandWhiskey.com to look to where you can get that. Or go to any of your local Ohio uh, liquor stores and get that. And if you're in one of your establishments in Ohio or somewhere in, uh, in Cleveland and they don't have Cleveland whiskey and you'd like to get it, uh, tell them uh, you'd like to have it at your local establishment. But uh, check them out, clevelandwhiskey.com, with all the different types of whiskeys they have. Uh, great stuff, uh, great partner, and they've been uh, part of Cleveland for a good 20 years. There you have it. All right, let's turn it over to our game picks, Dustin. I uh, hate to break it to you, but I beat you last week. Um, so now I'm, I'm one up on you. I'm one up on you. So let's turn it around this week, see what we got. We've got uh, some pretty good games uh, starting with tomorrow night. We've got the Seahawks at Dallas Cowboys. What you got? Dallas. 
Dallas. Dallas, yeah, Dallas is. I mean, did you watch any of that Thanksgiving game? Mm -hmm. They look. They look. Now, I, I pointed out to my Dallas fan at work, Allie, but not to get on a sidebar. But I think the combined win loss is twenty four to forty nine of the teams they've beat. Like twenty four wins to forty nine losses. They have not beat anybody with a winning record. <laughs> Which. <laughs> Oh, when you play somebody that's good, what do you look like? That's all I gotta say. Yep. Anyway, yep. I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the Cowboys though. Um, Colts at Titans is interesting. Well, the Colts, as much as I don't want them to win, they're fighting for a playoff, and they are currently the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, but the Titans, uh, you know what? For the sake of, I gotta change up a few things here. I'm gonna go Titans. All right. Uh. I think I agree with you. <laughs> like I, I do. I think <laughs> it's a weird uh, game. Jonathan Taylor's out, so I'm gonna go. I'm yeah, gonna go that's true. Good well. point. I forgot about um, that. Yes, out. Falcons at Jets. <laughs> this is another like. Pick like, look, game. I think the I think the Falcons like like the Steelers, and I know that there's some there's some chatter here. Um, it's just some lucky teams that that. Are, are winning like i just i don't know i don't know other than luck and magic mike and tomlin mike prayers tomlin. i i don't know um i i don't think the falcons are good but their record is pretty darn good and i just never would have guessed that the atlanta falcons may be the winners of that division but nonetheless you get the falcons and jets what are you doing uh i'm gonna go falcons here because i do think the falcons i think and there's they're not playing uh What's his name? Still bench right there on the third string quarterback. Yeah, right? they were, they were okay. Tim Boyle. They were Tim yeah, Boyle. So, who is? So it's Boyle. It's really Boyle bad. ball. Since it's Boyle ball, I'm going to go with the Falcons who are playing for a playoff spot. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Lions at Saints. I don't know what the hell happened to this, the Lions on Thanksgiving. That was bad. That was really bad. Sorry, David. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, too happy. Yeah, I bet not. I wouldn't have been either. Uh, I think I think they bounce back though. Campbell's a good coach. This is a playoff team. I'm gonna say the Lions bounce back on the road. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And like the Browns, they kind of bounce back after a bad game. Yeah, um, they do. And uh, look, they've actually played pretty poorly for the past couple of weeks. So I anticipate that loss kind of yeah. set them straight. They hit the ground running. Uh, give me the Lions here as well. Broncos at Texans. This is a good game. Like this is. Like, who the hell do I want? Like, I'm also <laughs> trying. Well, no, because I'm thinking like playoffs now, right? Both are playoff teams, yeah. potential playoff teams. Um, I do think it's at Texas. You know what? I think the Texans finally, uh, what, they won five straight now, I think? The Denver Broncos. No, they lost. Since... They lost last week. No, 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 no. I mean, the Denver Broncos, five straight. Oh, so yeah, yeah. On... They, it's been five straight, yeah. I, I think – I think the Texans, I like CJ. He's having a phenomenal season. I'm going to go with the Texans here. I do think. Texans are too. Yeah. I am. Weird. I agree. Yep, I agree. Uh, Chargers at Patriots. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, can the Patriots lose any more games? Uh, here's the thing. I don't think the Chargers are that good. I'm going the Pats. I think the Pats win this game. Okay. I don't think the Chargers. Right. What are you doing? You're you you're gonna take the Patriots. I'm gonna take the Chargers. There it is. There it is. All right, I just gotta write it down. Um, all right. And I agree, I don't think the Chargers are very good with Brandon Staley specifically. Um, Cardinals at Steelers. 
This is interesting. Their defense is so good. And they're playing better ball with Matt Canada, unfortunately, yeah. fired. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think the Steelers are going to win this. I agree with you. And, I, I again, I don't know how they're doing this. They're uh, anemic on offense. Well, because they fired Matt Canada. That's yeah, they got, a little, they got a little juice here. Uh, I agree. Dolphins at Washington Commanders. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. I think this is one where the Dolphins have not played anybody really good, kind of similar to the Dallas Cowboys. This will be a trap game. I'm going to take the Commanders here with that defense. I think this is one okay. where the Commanders could pull an upset. Okay. I am going to do – I'm going to take the uh, the Dolphins here. Panthers at Bucks. Bucks. Panthers Bucks. are Panthers, – Panthers suck. Uh, great game here. Niners at Eagles. Niners at Eagles? Yep. Uh, brotherly shove. Yeah, I'm going Eagles at home. I agree. I think they are a force to be reckoned with right now. Um, Browns at Rams. I'm going to take the Browns because I do think the Browns do bounce back. They're very good at that after a loss. I think the Browns get a nail biter in the, in the sofi. And I get to finally watch the Browns win on the road because I'm really there tired of watching them lose on the road. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to take the Browns here as well. Uh, Chiefs at Packers. Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs, yeah. And last but not least, Monday Night Football, you've got the Bengals at Jags. <sighs> Again, I, I, I would love for the Bengals to win, but they have a quarterback that's played like 12 passes, so I got to go with Jags. I'm on Jags here as well. There you have it. Um, and then before we wrap up, I, I know it's cold where you're at, Dustin. It's cold where I'm at. So we've got uh, the Browns cruise upcoming. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Guys, join us uh, for the Browns fan cruise. March 11th, we take out we, we part, er, partake out of uh, Miami of, in Florida. Be a great time to get out of the cold weather. Uh, join 17 former Browns players and Browns legends to join us. On this cruise, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we get to go to Jamaica, the Bahamas. I mean, who doesn't want to go there? Um, and all the fun stuff that we have uh, planned for everybody on the trip as well um, as we go and enjoy that great cruise that we're going to be on. And come join us. I think it's going to be great fun to have all of our former alumni there and just kind of just have fun. I mean, I haven't been on a cruise. Well, this is going to date me a little bit. I haven't been on a cruise since I was married. Uh, mm-hmm. on my honeymoon so it's been it's been a hot minute but you know what cruises are fun cruises are fun cruises are a lot of fun you get to drink yeah. and be oh, married this, yeah. well this this is gonna be my first ever cruise so i'm excited oh. about it oh I've never been man. On a cruise. i've been everywhere but i have not been on a cruise yeah so well, you've been on, you've been on a boat you've obviously been on a boat right i mean like I've you've been on a boat yes yes yeah. i've been on a so, boat this is so, just a huge um, this is just a huge boat yeah I'll be fine. I'll, I'll, um, I'll be able to do it. Real quick, real quick, Ellie, I was going to tell people, if you're going out to L.A., uh, join us at St. Felix in Hollywood. Uh, we'll have some live coverage. Uh, our good friend Joe Hayden, uh, Bernie Kozar, and Eric Metcalf will all be there. Uh, some other guests will be named soon. We cannot break that breaking news. It'll be coming out soon. Uh, but it's big time. So come join us. Uh, 
I've put a couple links out there where you can buy tickets. Come by, say hello to us. We'll have some Here We Go Brownies uh, ways to get our new merch, which will be super cool from our friends at 21Fits. Uh, Allie got hers. Uh, Larry was sporting his today. Uh, really cool stuff. Designers, a bunch of guys there in Cleveland. Great people, and we're excited to partner with them. So uh, give us some support. Go to 21Fits.com as well. But Allie, uh, I just want to win. Eight and four would sound really good coming in against the Jags. Eight and four would sound yeah, really would. good. Like, would, I could yeah. use... Look, eight and four is, get, is good. You get to eight wins. Man, it's a lot easier for you. It is a lot easier for this team to be able to make a postseason push. Um, a lot, a lot, ten, of, ten a lot, ten in. So, a lot of pressure comes off of you too. Yes, a lot uh, of it be, does. If you can get yeah. a win here, man, it, it's going to do you a lot of good. So, as fans, I think we'll be able to take a little bit of a, a deep breath. So, hopefully, some good news coming this week in terms of injury status that we can maybe get DTR back. Hopefully, Denzel will be good to go. Um, we'll keep you posted as soon as we hear anything. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. And don't forget, we are going to uh, be posting how to go vote for Browns fan of the year. Kathy, yeah. that'll be on our social. So be sure to check that out yes. Learn how you can vote there and go do it. Just go do it. It's easy. Just go vote for her. She's cool. So uh, there yeah. you have it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy. And as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>